The Cat and the Painkiller, page 331. This story occurs later in Mark Twain's novel. You'll see that Tom's tricks extend to his own family, and he often takes advantage of Aunt Polly's sentimentality and innocence. Tom's mind found a new and weighty matter to interest itself. Becky Thatcher had stopped coming to school. Tom began to find himself hanging around her father's house, nights, feeling very miserable. She was ill. What if she would die? There was grief in the thought. The charm of life was gone. There was nothing but dreariness left. He put his hoop away and his bat. There was no joy in them anymore. His aunt was concerned. She began to try all manner of remedies on him. Aunt Polly was one of those people who believe all the newfangled methods of producing health or mending it. She was an experimenter in these things. When something fresh in this line came out, she was eager right away to try it. Not on herself, for she was never ailing, but on anybody else that came handy. She never observed that her health journals of the current month usually upset everything they had recommended the month before. She was as simple-hearted and honest as the day was long, and so she was an easy victim. She gathered together her quack magazines and her quack medicines, and thus armed, went about on her pale horse, figuratively speaking. But she never suspected she was not an angel of healing in disguise to her suffering neighbors. The water treatment was new now, and Tom's low condition was a windfall to her. She had him out at daylight every morning, stood him up in the woodshed and drowned with a and drowned him with a deluge of cold water. Then she scrubbed him down with a towel like a file and so brought him to. Then she rolled him up in a wet sheet and put him away under blankets till she sweated him clean. Yet in spite of this, the boy grew more and more pale and dejected. She added hot baths, shower baths, and plunges. The boy remained as dismal as a hearse. She began to assist the water with a slim oatmeal diet and blister plasters. She measured his ability to hold things as she would have measured a jugs and filled him up every day with quack cure-alls. Tom had become indifferent to suffering by this time. This phase filled the old lady's heart with concern. She heard of painkiller for the first time. She ordered a lot at once. She tasted it and was filled with gratitude. It was simply fire in liquid form. She dropped the water treatment and everything else and pinned her faith to painkiller. She gave Tom a teaspoonful and watched with the deepest anxiety for the result. Her troubles were instantly at rest, her soul at peace again, for the indifference was broken up. The boy could not have shown a wilder, heartier reaction as she had built a fire under him. She determined to dose him with it every day. Tom felt that it was time to wake up. This sort of life was getting to have too little pity and too much unpleasant variety to it. So he thought over various plans for escape and finally decided upon claiming to be fond of painkiller. He asked for it so often that he became a nuisance, and his aunt ended up by, ended by telling him to help himself and quit bothering her. If it had been Sid, she would have had no misgivings, but since it was Tom, she watched the bottle secretly. She found that the medicine in the bottle did really grow less as some was taken out each day. It did not occur to her that the boy was curing the health of a crack in the sitting room floor by pouring his daily dose of painkiller into it. 
One day, Tim was, sorry, Tom was in the act of dosing the crack when his aunt's yellow cat came along, purring, eyeing the teaspoon, hopefully, and begging for a taste. Tom spoke to the cat. Don't ask for it unless you want it, Peter. But Peter indicated that he did want it. You'd better make sure. Peter was sure. Now you've asked for it, and I'll give it to you because there ain't anything mean about me. But if you find you don't like it, you mustn't blame anybody but your own self. Peter was agreeable, so Tom pried his mouth open and poured down the painkiller. Peter sprang a couple of yards in the air and then delivered a war whoop and set off round and round the room, banging against furniture, upsetting flower pots, and making general havoc. Next, he rose on his hind feet and pranced around in a frenzy with his head over his shoulder and his voice proclaiming his happiness. Then he went tearing around the house again, spreading chaos and destruction in his path. Aunt Polly entered in time to see him throw a few double somersaults, deliver a final mighty hurrah and sail through the open window carrying the rest of the flower pots with him the old lady stood petrified with astonishment peering over her glasses tom lay on the floor rolling with laughter tom what on earth is that cat i never did see anything like it what did make him act so why aunt polly cats always act so when they're having a good time They do, do they? There was something in her tone that made Tom worry. The old lady was bending down. Too late, he saw her drift. The handle of the telltale teaspoon was visible under the rocking chair. Aunt Polly took it up, held it up. Tom winced and dropped his eyes. Aunt Polly raised him by the usual handle his ear, and cracked his head soundly with her thimble. Now, sir, what did you want to treat that poor dumb beast so for? I done it out of pity for him, cause he hadn't had any aunt. Hadn't any aunt? You numbskull, what has that got to do with it? Heaps, cause if he'd had one, she'd have burned him out herself. She'd have roasted his insides out of him without any more feeling than if he was a human. Aunt Polly felt a sudden pang of remorse. This was putting things in a new light. What was cruelty to a cat might be cruelty to a boy, too. She began to soften. She felt sorry. Her eyes watered a little, and she put her hand on Tom's head and gently spoke. I was meaning for the best, Tom, and and Tom, it did do you good. Tom looked up in her face with just a small twinkle peeping through his gravity i know you was meaning for the best auntie and and so was i with peter it done him good too i never see him get around so since oh go long with you tom before you aggravate me again and you try and see if you can't be a good boy for once and you needn't take any more medicine